Awesome Chat is brought to you by Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. Hey guys, Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here. It is your awesome chat where we talk with awesome people in and around Pittsburgh doing techie, gadgety, company, podcasty things, whatever uh, we want to talk to you from week to week. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or video versions on the AwesomeCast video or YouTube page, or check us out at AwesomeCast.net. Also keep an eye on that Facebook page as well, because we will, as we are this afternoon, or just a random Friday afternoon, we got our guest in, and we might be popping up with the Facebook Live, and you guys can chime in in the chat room and uh, see what's going on for an upcoming episode that you'll see in those streams. And please also support the show on Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. Uh, you can become part of it, get some behind-the-scenes content, state of the awesome cast, and so much more. Um, I always enjoy when I get somebody on the show who is a fellow podcaster, because I know I'm not going to run out of things to talk about. And today, that fellow is Scott Mattaggart of the Pitchworks Podcast, which as of this recording just uh, published its uh, 21st episode. It's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the, you know, you're old enough to drink at that point. I, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Ooh. There, there is a weird combination, right, of like you do something that many times and people just go, it's mature now. Yeah. Just let them really do what is. they want to do. It really is. Uh, you know, there's always that. Like I always tell people you're not, you know, when, when you're 10 episodes in, this is a podcast you're going to keep doing, you know, and you hit 20 and it was just like, wow, we really are into this and we kind of know what we're doing by now, right? Yeah. It's, so. a, it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, up until that point, you, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I've done a million of these, um, but- how about this? The way it felt from the chair that I was sitting in was that uh, at 10, I was starting to get confident that uh, we were scratching an itch for people, right? Yeah. Like there was something there, but I was, and you can ask, you know, Buzzy and Nick, my producers, I'll tell you, I was liable to change a whole recipe like any minute. Yeah. It was like, okay, you know what? We could just have to pivot this whole friggin' thing like mm-hmm. 90 degrees tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah and they're just looking at me going please don't <laughs> just please don't like we'll do it so let's roll back what is uh what is pitchworks okay so pitchworks is the idea that everyone at work needs to tell other people what is on their mind and persuade mm-hmm. them to do certain things so sometimes it's things that are good for me sometimes it's good things that are good for the person that i'm i'm talking to right um Maybe it's that you need to get a job and you need to convince somebody to hire you. Maybe you've got a little startup or a side hustle and, and you need some money and the bank or the the angel fund needs a reason to write a check. Right. Um, whatever it is, you present your ideas at work and I think we all kind of get stuck in three different ruts. The first rut is we do it the way we always did it. The second rut is we're afraid to do it at all. So we don't do the thing that advances us. Um, and then the third thing is we think that we have to pretend or we have to lie or we have to sort of like put on a mask. And I'm trying to get rid of all of those. I'm trying to say you can be a normal, well-adjusted human being with ideas, sleep well at night, still persuade people, 
not have to be the thing that you're afraid of becoming. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, that is a little bit of it, you know, because you start looking at things um, as a business. It's like, you know, okay, to be successful, then you look at the successful people telling you how things are. And you're like, I don't know if I want to be that person. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you're trying to And it's super that. dangerous because uh, everybody and his brother in any type of business now is on, say, LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, LinkedIn is now over polluted with all of these sort of truisms, right? And I love how everybody subscribes to the same sort of tranquil landscapes pack and then writes a white font quote over top. Right, you will never get what you want as long as you keep doing what you've been doing. Well, maybe the thing I've been doing is telling the truth, and maybe you shouldn't mess with that recipe. Right, mm-hmm. um, one size fits all is not a real thing. Uh, success is not always defined the same way. Some people have lifestyle businesses; they get just big enough where they can pay their own bills, and they don't want to have employees. And you and I, and anybody else have no business telling them that they're not successful. Right. Uh, I want... They have a different bar than, than other people. As well they should. Yeah. Um, you only live once. I truly believe this, right? You have one life and you have to decide what to spend it on. And if you if you spend it on LinkedIn truisms, right, um, your mileage may vary. Okay. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of, of that didactic sort of... Like, what's the joke? Uh, every quote on the internet is from Abraham Lincoln, George Carlin, or is it Gandhi? No. I forget who the third one is. Uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain? Mark Twain's the third one, right? We're like, well, if Mark Twain said it, it must be true. I was literally room- just talking about this last night on the show when we were recording 22. A lot of roomy out there, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can you can add a lot of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. There's always... Steve Jobs gets a lot of this. Oh, yeah. They go, well, Steve Jobs said... Steve Jobs was a jerk for mm-hmm. like at least a good 20% of the time that he was at work, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, do you want to be a jerk? You got to make the conscious decision because if you just wait for the moment and you just kind of see what happens, who knows, right? And, and there's also looking at those people as you can take inspiration from, but don't go all in on that idea. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, for me, I look at a Steve Jobs as kind of a character study, right? It was like, yeah, he was kind of a, a, a dick about this, yeah. but he had the right idea here. Could we get to here without having this, you know? And it's hard to say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, was that a necessary part? Did he need to be isolated as a person? Mm-hmm. Because that's a lonely life. If mm-hmm. you're if you're constantly rubbing people's nose in their shortcomings, big or small, right? You could be the perfectionist or you could be the person who just noticed a major failure, right? But as soon as you decide that you are going to stand in judgment and be, I think we can agree, some of the things from his biography are beyond the pale, right? There, there, there were some people who left the company, if not the business, based on very harsh, intense criticism from Steve Jobs. Uh, and I didn't know the man and I, he's not here to defend himself, obviously. So I could have the story wrong. And that's the other part of it is you get it second hand, third hand, fifth hand. You can't believe it for that reason either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recipe you can follow is the one where you feel like you're pointing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you can live with yourself. The people around you are sort of energized and motivated that you're onto something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you haven't you haven't closed the doors on any options. I'm a big fan of of making sure that you don't do any damage 
to the person that you have yet to be. Um, like I could come on your show right now and I could say horrible things that get me spotlight and, you know, people say, can you believe that crazy big headed Mick came on and said this outlandish thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe there's some tweets to come out of it. If I were a bigger, you know, personality, if I were actually, you know, some form of celebrity, you get it. It would actually give me ink, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get a little bit of, of, of attention currency out of it. Right. Do you know who Tommy Laren is? No. Okay. She's the, she's a pundit. She, uh, on the blaze. Right. Okay. Um, that's her shtick. And I'd put her at like 24 years old. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. She's like 24 years old. And, and, oh, is that that blonde girl that, uh, that started to make the talk show stuff? circuit? Yeah. She yeah. was on Daily okay. Show. She was on, uh, she was on Bill Maher. I there think. it is. That's yeah, the one I was yeah. reaching for. Yeah. And she just said, like, the most bombastic things, knowing that that's how you get eyeballs. That's how you get clicks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that Tommy Laren never wants to become an ordained minister. Let's hope <laughs> that Tommy Laren never wants to be in a job where she closed a door and will never be allowed into it. Right, right. Because, I mean, how long does a, an on-camera pundit for the Blaze going to last in a career when you're only 24? What is she going to be doing when she's 35? It seems obvious that she's making the Fox News play. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, she's going to slot into that sort of Megyn Kelly, uh, you know, Laura Ingram kind of, a, kind of a place. And, frankly, she'll probably get that job. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, probably make a lot of money doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good the sleeping is from there, though. Like, I, I'm not 100% sure that's a restful night's sleep when you've made bombastic and inflammatory your stock in trade. Right. So exactly. I, I like it the other way. I like something that resonates as true and you're proud of it. You're, you're, you're feeling that it's genuine, authentic, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really what Pitchworks is about. Is I used to have a consulting firm, and I well, okay, technically, I, don't <laughs> we, laugh at me. You know how the story we ends. We were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this before you started. Um, I used to do more consulting than anything in this regard. And can you uh, just for the uninitiated, sure. because is, uh, consulting is a word that gets tossed around. Uh, oh when, yeah, like yeah. working for yourself, doing this. Oh, you should do some consulting. What entails consulting, at least in your in your world? Okay, so yeah, you're right. Uh, consulting can mean a lot of different things. What I typically would do would be number one, help you to organize your message. Mm-hmm. What is it that we want to say to the outside world? Mm-hmm. Number two, help you to organize the people that carry that message. So maybe build you a sales team, maybe build you a sales operation, uh, smooth the transition between pre-sales which is like marketing and lead generation, those kinds of things. And then the actual sales element of it, which are maybe people pounding phones, people knocking doors, Mm -hmm. people standing in a retail space. I mean, that's sales as well. Um, And then there was an aspect of training where you'd come in and you'd basically show folks um, a repeatable process that they can then take to prospective clients. Mm-hmm. or they can use to find those prospective clients. Okay. And it was, it was really cool. I mean, I did, did a bunch of work in Silicon Valley. I did a bunch of work in New York and go to down to DC every once in a while. Um, it, it's nice. There's travel involved to places where, you know, somebody else is paying 
for you to go it's always expand your horizons. It's always a positive. It can be, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to pick the right venue. You know? <laughs> <laughs> be like, you know, the uh, the Fargo, North Dakota branch office. Is oh, I got, not I got a little bit go. of that coming up this year. Oh, boy. <laughs> so. you know, pack a hat. Anyway, the, uh, uh, the consulting business that I was most interested in was this sort of short-term, quick hit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come in. We're going to build something that is one-size-fits-all. And then over time, you're going to start to learn how to make it yours. Yeah. And we'll tag up once every week, once every couple of weeks, do an hour, do a half an hour of a phone call. So you get more confidence swimming away from shore and finding out what this all means for you. It's because like, again, we're back to your own personal. It's like you're the builder and the, and the training wheels. Kind something of like moving, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give them the opportunity to make it real and authentic for themselves, mm-hmm. which means you can't sit there and micromanage. It always has to be my way. And something that the company maybe doesn't have the capacity or knowledge base. Right. In, right. Right. So. And then from there, I said, okay, my kids are getting older. I've got a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old, mm-hmm. and they're great kids. And using up all of my time that I'm not doing something else to, to go – you know, travel these folks was actually starting to wear just maybe not on them, but maybe on my impression of whether or not I was doing enough as a dad, you know, um, because you do, you become very mindful of the fact that you can't buy those back. You can't get those moments back. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take control of my schedule a little bit. And what we're going to do is we're going to repackage the content instead of me going parachuting into San Francisco and spending a week with abc.com, you know, who may not even be in business next year. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I'll have the paycheck, but the, you know, the fun of doing it and pointing it out and seeing them succeed, you know, maybe is a little bit it's a harder little, to grasp. There's a little bit of like, I did that is, is, is great to see. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that. I, like I had somebody I was talking to a couple of days ago. He did, does a building contract and he was like literally pointing at buildings in the city. Be like, I worked on that one. I worked on that one. Like that's something you know, yeah. you know, that has a lot of weight to it. Absolutely. And I do the same thing with, with now that there's a show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, my show was a way to, to do what I was doing without losing that time with my kids, losing those minutes that I can never get back. And I still have the same thing where I want my guests to succeed so much that we've actually started stealing the American Express tagline where membership has its privileges, where it's like, I will see something that one of my former guests can benefit from. And I'll be like, you need to call this guy because he's like, I'm trying to buy exactly what you sell. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, here, here's a really good opportunity. If you're open, open to tell somebody how you do your job, you could actually do a consulting contract with this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that actually didn't change when I, when I took the consulting and turned it into a podcast. And that's what, and, and I, same thing with this podcast and in yeah. and, and the interviews we do for the wrestling world and everything like that is it is a, you know, if you have a knowledge base or have access to a type of people you want to talk to, it turns into a networking tool for everybody involved. Didn't see that coming though. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah. I, I, I honestly didn't see it coming. And I, mm-hmm. I love my show. Mm-hmm. I love my show like nothing else I've done from a work perspective. Um, and it made it that much more intense that I want my guests to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels pure. Like I'm putting out exactly what I think people should hear. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not I'm right or not, I don't always have agreement on that. You know, sometimes I get notes that say like, you need more, 
you know, sales managers barking orders or, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> a little bit more of the whip, a little bit less of the carrot. And right. uh, I don't know. There are other shows. Go listen to them. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. You have, I like just looking at the list. I, uh, I definitely dive in when I see something like sales and video production on here, uh, like crystal from a couple, couple episodes ago, but like, you know, a super lawyer, you got people in, in sales, you know, people all over the place working in nonprofits and charities. Can you talk a little bit about like, like how you find these people for one thing, I guess. And what's kind of your thinking about who you want to drag into this? Okay. So, uh, let's start with how do I find them? Mm-hmm. And I have a, a habit of just sort of gravitating to people that I like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If, if you are working on something that interests me, I'm not bashful. I'm whether I had a show or not, I'm just going to ask you about it. Uh, again, you get one life. How are mm-hmm. you going to spend it? If something's cool, and somebody's working on it, they probably love it too and would love to talk to you about it. So I've started a lot of these chats with people that I was sharing an elevator with, but I recognize them from a magazine or I was introduced because someone just knows that I like when people are working on something outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as how do I know who to put on the show and like how do I program it? Um, There are shows out there that are a little bit more narrow in scope where they say, I don't want to name names, but this show should be about the best salespeople ever. Right. Or, or the one where it's like, you know, like how to be a stone cold killer for dummies. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. That is crap and I don't (laughs) want it. Um, First of all, there's no such thing as, you know, how to be a stone cold killer for dummies, right? Uh, you're a sports person, right? You know, um, you can't just, can't just sign a person who has had success in another venue and assume that they will have the same success in your venue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of, I'm going I'm to try to speak to you in terms of, of wrestling because it's one of the few things that, um, like I actually understand in this realm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you look at wrestling, um, you know that some of these folks have studied all aspects of it for years, right? And there's Greco Roman, and there's you know, and whatever. And then there, there's the there's the high end sort of entertainment version, which is very high polish, etc. Mm-hmm. It has a different appeal. And then there's the sort of Olympic, you know, whatever. You can't grab somebody from one. Olympic wrestling event and put them into another one and expect them to have the same success. You can't put them under a different coach and expect the same success. Mm-hmm. Same idea here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So rather than having the same show over and over again, where I bring in the person that was the head of sales for, I don't know, let's pick Apple computer, right? This is the vice president of sales for Apple computer bow before this person right okay well next week this is the vice president of sales of (laughs) ibm watson division right i don't doubt that those people really have compelling things to say Mm -hmm. but as a listener i will start to notice patterns and the patterns will become the same kind of thing like when you and i watch house md 
we know that around 41 minutes, they discover the real thing that the, the patient has. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If I slip in somebody like Devin Seawee, who is, uh, I think, episode 9, episode 10, somewhere along there for me. Um, she's an artist. She's based in Toronto. There was no guidance for her. She had to basically just start an independent business selling her own graphic art. I was like, Devin, what's this like? She goes, Scott, it's so hard to write blurbs for art that you made yourself. Right? There she is. Devin's the best. Right? This is an artistic type of a person. And, you know, she she doesn't want to put that sort of stark business spin on this thing she poured her soul into. Mm-hmm. But she does want to eat. Right. <laughs> Which is a big thing in creatives and art, you know. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a little bit of, you know... Uh, um, I, I want to do the thing. I want to make the podcast, the painting, the etc. But I need to sell it. And she says the same thing I say, right? Yeah. You only live once. Yeah. Your one life spent on graphic art. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to be in the hands of some art rep who maybe represents 50, 100 different artists, takes too big of a cut, uh, doesn't really understand what you were trying to say with this piece? Mm-hmm doesn't necessarily even care what you were trying to say with this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has priorities for her business, even though there's only one person in her business. Um, so I slipped that in there. And then the next thing you know, you say, okay, well, how is Devin different from a marketing graphics designer? Right? Really? They're both selling their time so that they can eat. They can put food on the table. Mm-hmm. But Devin has a little bit of a harder road in the fact that she doesn't get. She did not get the same. She gets it now, but she did not at the beginning get the same reassurance that she was on the right track. Right, because there's no there's no school path. There's no learning path to this, and there's no there's no team of people cheering you on back at the home office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when she started her independent art business. She didn't come and find like a company hoodie on her desk, right? And a mouse pad and a couple pens, you know, with the logo and, and whatnot, you know. Yeah. This was literally rub two sticks and make fire. And and I respect all hell out of her for it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I couldn't do it. Not the way she does. You have to You have to decide that you can do art. You have to decide that it's your job. And then you have to put blurbs and prices on these things that you're not even 100% sure anyone likes but you. Yeah. And some days you don't even know if you like it. And, right? and, and justify that value. Right. You know, I think that's a, that's a problem that a lot of, especially the arts and, and uh, uh, people do is like, you know, this seems so easy to me. This is something I enjoy. Is this worth X to other people? Yep. You know, and you end up undervaluing yourself, especially in these kinds of. Areas. The first time I got, I got, what the hell were you thinking about in booking <laughs> a guest? It was when I brought Councilman Dan Gilman from the city of Pittsburgh government okay fifth episode yeah right i mean it was important to start letting people know that the boat was going to rock from time to time and i got more than one note that was like did you run out of people already (laughs) and i i mean dan's a pretty important person yeah honestly i mean his constituents are demanding Mm -hmm. and I mean, he's in, he's in a really buzzy part of town, 
right? So that's where Google and Uber was, and all these people. He spoke at the uh, Repair the World for uh, Social Justice Weekend. Yes, he did. And he yeah, did a, yeah. Oh, my God. What a great job. Yeah. I mean, he, he just lays his heart out. Uh, if, you, if you're curious about that, it, the stream's over on Work Hard Pittsburgh's uh, Facebook page. Uh, check out the first night of Social Social Justice Innovation Weekend. Uh, and there's a couple of really good talks at the beginning of that. He puts his heart out him. Dan, Dan's just a genuine person. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. At like 33 years old, he was a city councilman. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he has one of the the most difficult neighborhoods and, and, and areas because it's changing so quickly. So he's got all the and college students. This current, is the East Liberty-ish area? So got, or? Yeah. yeah. Like the, let's start with the, the, the real answer is this is where all the tech companies are coming in. Yeah. And they want to ask for tax breaks and they want help finding space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that on its own is difficult. Mm-hmm. But then you start looking at like, okay, well, if he's got the universities, which is really why all the tech tech companies are coming in there. So Carnegie Mellon Pitt, all those folks are, you know, under, under his uh, uh, council district. The next question then becomes like, don't you think they're going to ask for more because they're better educated about what's even going on in the first place? They yeah. teach the students in town, yep. right? You know, it's like if you if you teach at Pitt, you're you probably going to live you, close to Pitt. You have per capita the smartest uh, section of town that you have yeah. to deal with. Yeah, yeah. These are the yeah. instructors in in town, mm-hmm. and they're you know they're going to call you out on it. He actually yeah. specifically said like he was getting letters from people about what are you doing about Darfur. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm worried about Bloomfield. Like mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. okay. You know, maybe that wasn't exactly what they said, but, uh, so I bring in Dan and again, I got more than, more than one person who was like, I thought this was about sales and tech and nerd stuff. And I was like, just let it play out. It's going to be awesome. And luckily I, I talked to Dan privately before and I saw that he had this dynamism about him that he just, he goes and, and somewhere around here, his meaning comes from. He doesn't really take cards to the microphone with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets up there and he tells you what he thinks is right. Sometimes it's a little forceful because he really means it. At Social Justice uh, Innovation Week, that you know that was one of those moments where it's like you could just tell this resonates with Dan, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why he got elected at such a young age. Mm-hmm. But Dan starts telling people like, "Well, my pitch is a hard pitch because." First of all, I have to give it through the media, who may or may not run with it. And you have a filter. Secondly, if they run with it, yeah. it may not come through intact. Yeah. Third, I can't run between two parties, right? I can't go to the public and say one thing and then go to my colleagues on council and say something different, trying to temper my message for one group or another. They all watch the same news program. They're all watching KDKA or, or WPXI News. And there's the snippet of Dan Gilman saying, I think that council deserves a raise. I don't know. He probably didn't say that. But whatever it is that he's trying to trying to convince people of is immediately public. And it's public to everyone, including the people that would oppose it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how good of an enterprise sales rep you are. You don't have that problem. They don't push a microphone in front of your face. They don't edit what you said. They don't make sure that everyone that might be even vaguely interested in the subject is notified of your recent comments. So he's right. I mean, his pitch job is very difficult. And I would say he does it very well. 
especially considering the fact that he marries it to that authenticity that we were talking about before. He manages to still say what he means in spite of everything that's going on. Funny story about that. As we're walking out of the studio, he got himself all fired up during the interview. And he's coming out and he's like, it's just terrible business for anybody to move their offices anywhere but Pittsburgh. He's like, we have the most educated workforce. Mm-hmm. He's, I think it was the second most educated workforce in the country. He's like, our cost of living is the lowest of the top 25 market. He starts like, I wasn't opposing him. No mm-hmm. one in the room was opposing him. No one was telling him it was false. Mm-hmm. But by the time he got up and like from behind the microphone, he stands up, he starts walking out. I'm like, Dan, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming in. He's like, it just bothers me. <laughs> He's like, why would you put your business somewhere else? Mm-hmm. It's like, we didn't even have to have to do anything to make this the perfect situation for these big tech companies. Mm-hmm. It's already like this. He's like, I'm feeling you, man. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Let's, let's go have a walk. Yeah, yeah. But it's somebody that believes in his message, you know, and and, that, and that's great. But that can be tricky, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you get too passionate, you get too wound up, you start getting mouthy, you're, yeah. you, you know, you start getting ahead of yourself, you start you putting foot in mouth. Overshoot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. He knows, he's, he's just kind of perfectly calibrated for it. So here I am, five episodes in, nobody's sure this thing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, like this pitchfork thing might just be an experiment gone awry. And, and I brought in you know, some local councilman from Pittsburgh and, and after the show hit, everybody was really excited. They said, I couldn't believe how hard his job is Mm -hmm. for him to be able to present all these ideas when no one wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Boy, I'm glad I'm not a city councilman. (laughs) And that's how I knew I did my job. Right. That's great. Give you, give you a moment of somebody else's perspective. Well, um, what is, you know, at this point, you'd say 21 episodes in, where w- do you want to see uh, Pitchworks heading in the future? So we got to get, we got to get a little bit more hands on with the specific problems people are having. Because right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, right now you're, you're looking at, you're, you're kind of taking people and say, uh, seeing how they're attacking, they tackling these, these, their, their problems. Yes. Right. And, and, and hopefully, it seems like, you know, I can graze a little bit of something of advice from Dan's situation on city council. You know, yes. there's there's some nugget of thing that maybe applies to my specific thing or, or you know, the artist or, or somebody else, you know, the, the, the super lawyer somehow. Right, right. You know, there's something that they'll, they'll just kind of click in my head, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, specific problems mm-hmm. require deep dives. Right. Um, and I'm still sort of. I'm trying to figure out how exactly we're going to do that without compromising the overall mission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there will always be a show. There will always be a weekly show that is free, entertaining, interesting. Mm-hmm. That will legitimately help you advance at least your philosophy, if not your actual career, right? The goal is to actually help you get where you want to go. But... What I'm realizing is we also need to spend a little bit more time with the rubber meeting the road as far as like, okay, Scott, I get it. Be honest, you know, tell the truth, work hard, but, but can you give me a roadmap? Right. The same stuff I would do for consulting type things. Right. Right. Um, people want, people want the steps. 
They do want the steps, yeah, right. And I, I've always been a little averse to give them the steps because right. I kind of want that want it to be real for them. So, so it is kind of a okay. I know where to get to, but I can't, you know, break that down to what is my first baby step towards that. Exactly. Okay. Right. And and again, one size fits all is a hard thing to give anybody. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, and that that should be that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not complaining about the fact that one size fits all is difficult, right? In fact, I'm very happy about that or else we'd all be doing the same job the same way, you know, whether we were selling hamburgers or nuclear submarines, mm-hmm. um, the, the trick is going to be making it convenient, useful, and not seeming like the show is just there to pimp classes, right? Like, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be the guy who just sells classes, mm-hmm. right? but I'm getting a growing number of people that are saying, you, you know, you touched on federal government sales. And I really think my company has a lot to offer the federal government, but it's, it's this like labyrinth of paperwork and, and sometimes you, you, the instructions don't actually apply to the current situation because the website for those instructions hasn't been updated, etc. And again, we know all the people who know everything about federal contracting Mm-hmm. but it's not an hour. It's not a half an hour. It's not, it's not something I can do as a drive-by. Mm-hmm. Uh, if those people are going to come in, you know, just putting them up in a hotel costs money. Mm-hmm. How do I make that happen and not, not turn into like, I don't know, a parody of what we started as. It's like, okay, remember when Pitchworks was useful? Well, now it's a commercial for some stuff I want you to buy. And, and, and I've seen some productivity podcasts that are up in the 250 episodes. And I, you know, while entertaining and interesting and having some inside jokes, I like, I remember when I used to get tips from this show. Yeah. You know, and, well, and actually, I tried. I, I, so what I tried to do I, when we originally launched, we had a, a service called Premium, right? Yeah. And the idea behind Premium was that we were going to try to avoid doing anything like that, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know how, you know, most shows do it, but we typically record with a, with a guest for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we boil it down to half an hour because the idea is it's a commute show. You listen to it on your way to work. Right. Especially if you need to get fired up, you know, a lot of our folks are salespeople, marketers, startups, people who effectively get paid to get rejected, right? <laughs> um well, if, they, if everybody said yes, you wouldn't need salespeople. Exactly. Um, so I said, we're going to make a half an hour. You, look at, you listen to it on your way into work. It gives you something you can try for the first you know, half of your day to see whether or not you want to keep trying it for longer than that. You know, mm-hmm. something, something new, bring a little novelty into your world, which occasionally gets repetitive. And then if you bought into premium, the idea was that you got to hear the whole hour, which included some stuff that was in the weeds. You know, like... Some more five uh, percent of the people will benefit from right, right. Like some more deep dive stuff. Basically, deep, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, the deep dive stuff is definitely every time we talk to people. Like, there's a, like a running joke now where you know between my wife and I that um, every one of the shows I find some way during the recording phase to talk about how automation is going to cause this onslaught mm-hmm. in American business, and mm-hmm. it will. It mm-hmm. definitely will. Um, the robots are coming. And the robots can do knowledge work now. Okay, one. That is a gigantic bummer in my supposedly inspirational, uplifting, start your business day show, right? And the second thing is, there's a significant portion of people who just don't care, mm-hmm. right? They're like, yeah, but I'm in sales. 
And you'll always need salespeople as long as I'm alive, and I'm not going to sweat that. That sounds like something out of the back of Omni, right? Uh, do they still have Omni? Anyway, the magazine. Magazines? You're killing me right <laughs> now, Sorg. Um, the, uh, the people that I've had, like Fred Sargent, who he runs a, a, a company that basically makes your field service team more effective by basically shortening the path between somebody doing it and having success and it becoming standard accepted practice. What he's trying to do is shorten it. So as soon as somebody finds out it's a good idea, everybody's able to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Right. We got into this great conversation about like, you know, the robots are coming, right? There's a robot lawyer and it's going to do all your research and it's not going to cost $200 the way your current lawyer does. Mm -hmm. But like I said, you know, you sit there and you're like, well, this is so far afield of what we started out talking about. Let's cut this. Mm -hmm. Premium was supposed to take care of that. 5% mm -hmm. of the people are interested. They listen to it. And like I said, it keeps me from having to sell classes. And you're right. There's a bunch of those shows. It's kinda, that that's that. kind of like what we do for Patreon where we have our, our golds and, and it's like, yeah, we ended up like talking comic books with the wrestling guys for a while. Yeah. And let's, you know, if you guys are interested in what we think of this other topic or that doesn't really apply to the show, this belongs over here kind of thing. See, I don't know about the Patreon thing. Yeah. Like, but still, it, but it's still offering as kind of a page, a, a premium. Like if you want more, I'm not rejecting the idea. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm just walking away from everything for right now right. until my head is on straight and it tells me what it wants to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the Devin C we artist in me talking. Right. Yeah. Where you just go, look, quit trying to force it. Sit back. Just see what happens. See what the Make show the shows, becomes and see what opportunities come up. Eventually the show will tell you what it wants to be. Yeah. The audience will tell you what they need in addition to what you're giving. Mm -hmm. Relax. Have fun. It really is a lot of fun. I, I, I love my show. Uh, and I hope it comes through. You know, like I, I get a lot. The best compliment I get is when I listen to your show, I feel really good about myself. I feel really good about the work that I'm doing. That, mm -hmm. you know, me choosing job satisfaction over money wasn't such a terrible idea like some of the people that I know said. Yeah. Or me choosing to start a company that I didn't know was going to succeed was a good choice instead of staying safe versus other shows of a similar nature that maybe say, um, yeah, it's great for you to go down this path, but make sure you do X, Y, and Z or else you're screwed. Or you're you an know? idiot. You know, you know, or, or yeah, you know, don't be an idiot and do this, you know, you know, when you're quitting your job, you know, or something like that. Oh, I, I, I'm you know, so tempted just, to drop just, names just on of, this one. Just kind I, of tonal kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really tempted to drop names on this and I won't. Maybe on but awesome I made cast, a conscious decision. Not maybe to. for awesome cast gold. Uh, <laughs> no, not for anybody. Right. Um, yeah, but there's something painfully objectionable about somebody coming to you and telling you about your life without having ever been to your house. Right. Right. I could give a shit what you think. Mm -hmm. Come over first. Mm -hmm. Right. It just angers me in a, in a way that it, like it probably shouldn't, but I've watched so many people that just needed somebody to steer them in the right direction. And they, they got someone who had that authoritative tone about them. And that person took advantage of that and steered them in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Right. Most of us know what to do. Most of us have a good compass. You need somebody to give you a list of tasks and tell you that that's all that success is, is following those tasks. You want to start a company? Great. Here's what you're going to do. And it's the same for everybody. You're going to know what you're going to sell. You're going to know who you're going to sell it to. You're going to know enough about the business 
to be able to tell a good deal from a bad deal. And you're going to work, work, and work some more. <laughs> um, if all of that works out for you, it won't just be because of those steps. It will also be because of patience, timing, perseverance, a network of friends that want to help you out. The stars have to align, but the stars have to align for no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I seriously hate when folks take advantage of that authoritative voice that they've been, they've been imbued with by one thing or another, whether it's good marketing or whatever, it's just a guy. It's just a person behind a microphone who, you know, has a convincing line. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go do man. You know, just if it's great, you can't hold it down. If it sucks, you'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> Awesome. I got preachy. I didn't want to get preachy. And that's a perfect point to end this. <laughs> uh, telling the people. Uh, so where can people check out Pitchworks? Oh, you want me to use the radio voice too? Yeah, go radio voice it. I've heard it. I've heard it down there. You like it? Because I mean, I've, I've kind of got my thing down now. I okay, know. all right. Right? And make sure you check our website. P-I-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S. That's where the whole experience comes together. Pitchworks.com. You can also find us on all of our social channels, whether it be Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. You do this, by the way, very well. I got to tell you, when you tell people where to find the show, when you do the, I can't even tell you, it's like Spreaker, you know it. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. That's the one. (laughs) When you do that, I'm really jealous, right? Because that's the way I would like my social media slash website lead in to go, Mm -hmm. but I'm not there yet. But yeah, uh, you put the E in works, Pitchworks, P-I-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S, and you can basically find everything we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I put all the podcasts on the website, and then every once in a while, when the guest is amenable to it, we also take some of their pitch materials, and we put them on the website under this blog that we call Pitchcraft, and you actually get to see what their customers actually see, and that could be useful too. Yeah, I got a little bit of it here. It's good stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We work, it we work pretty hard at it. And like I said, I, I, I enjoy getting the feedback that I'm getting. That's good. If anybody ever wants anything, you know, feedback on their pitch, on their idea or whatever, I just give it to them. So, I mean, if you're just working on a project and you just want to know what I think of your pitch, tweet me. That's usually, I mean, I get back pretty quick. That's how you and I actually coordinated me coming here today. We exactly. Emails for somebody else. We're DMing back and forth I, I, to coordinate I, I like addresses you, and stuff. You, uh, you, you covered the spread. Like, hey, I emailed you, but just in case there's a DM. Like, thank you. <laughs> That's how, I mean, seriously. It's a way to go. It's a way to I, go. I DM like a madman. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Go check it out, Pitchworks. It's, it's, um, I love these, these, these podcasts that, that, you know, give you a kind of a little bit of guidance and, and kind of inspire. That's how I got to position to the position I was. Cause I was listening to these kinds of shows and audiobooks yeah. in the job I hated to figure out what job I wanted That's awesome. to move out to. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, you're doing the same thing for some other people to, to get to that next position they need to. And great to see happening, something happening right here in Pittsburgh, uh, along this vein. There's a too. ton here. Mm. there really is a ton happening just an insane brain trust here now there's so many resources there's no excuse not to at least test the water exactly yeah get out there i mean even if it's just to ask somebody what they think about an idea that you're not even 100 sold on leave your house Mm -hmm. just go Mm -hmm. i spent uh sunday listening to pitches at ascender over um Mm -hmm. 
not in Bakery Square, but close. And uh, I'm trying to remember what they call that little shopping center there. But yeah, it was like Over five by, hours long. Over about the Trader Joe's also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also was on um, a few episodes here on Awesome Chat. Yeah. So, so I, that's right. Because mm-hmm. was it Kenny that you had? No, it was Bobby that you had on. Yep. Um, and uh, I just sat and I listened to these pitches. And some of these people are going to be inducted into this next batch that they've got. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be given the resources to determine whether or not their idea is a business. And they're not hardly the only people that are doing this. Just get in there. Just try it. Absolutely. Go check it out. And check out the rest of the interviews we got going on over here. And this is for you. Awesomecast.net or subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or Google Play Music Podcast as well. And video versions on the Facebook and YouTube pages for AwesomeCast. And, of course, subscribe to the AwesomeCast as well. So you can check out the general weekly banter with whoever we have on uh, here in the studio or remote um, from week to week of whatever is awesome in technology gadgets and the such. And, of course, please support us on Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. If I have not plugged that in there enough during this interview. I will Patreon you just to do my social media links on my show. (laughs) Just come in and be like, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, da-da-da-da-da. just like, that's awesome. That was worth my Patreon. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's like the new. It's like the new. Um, um, leave a uh, um, uh, incoming voicemail message from a celebrity, right? <laughs> you know, do the plugs for me on my podcast. I totally hate it. <laughs> and and he, two reasons I hate it. One, I hate doing the same thing over and over again, no matter what it is. I'm a mm-hmm. terrible hipster in that regard. Like if I've done something, that's the surest way to know that I don't want to do it again. And the second thing is, it doesn't flow. Mm-hmm. You have them all sort of arranged nicely, right? You were like, I'm not even going to try. But you've got a little bit of alliteration sprinkled in there, right? You've got this nice sort of beat poetry thing happening, right? It's cool. Have you heard my slice on Broadway yet? I have, <laughs> but I can't do it, right? Like, I, I just can't. You, so I, I stumble through and I, you know, there's like a running joke. I just, exactly. I get, I get to, I get to Snapchat and I'm like, I still don't do Snapchat. It sucks. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Uh, Thank you to our awesome guest. Thanks for having me. You've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week.